0: Nice. I like that tag at the end. I used to do that live all the time.
1: End a song, some heavy tune, some Slayer tune, then go. <laughs> and then everybody would join in. Like the drummer would go, ta da, da at the end. And then everybody else would be playing. So, But the bass player would play it in his own key. Like everybody's in their own key. Oh, nice. And they'd catch it right after I'd go. And then everybody would go. But I'd change the key every time. Jason you know, nobody was ever in tune.
0: <laughs> I love it. Keeping it light, keeping it loose. Yep.
1: I always said I was gonna serious. bring smiling back to metal. That was my goal.
0: You should put that on a shirt.
1: Yeah, I probably should. People have seen me live would would ad, would admit or agree with what I just said.
0: I bet. Well you're just a ray of sunshine, Steve, uh-huh. all the time anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ask my daughter that <laughs> But she hasn't played it, Don't talk to my wife.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Um, Hey, guys, as you're filtering in here, joining us today for the live Blues Guitar Workshop Series, I want to thank you for being here. I want to let you know that Steve and I do appreciate you showing up to these, and uh, it means the absolute world to us. We know that without you, we don't have anybody to talk to or anything to do, so we owe this whole thing to you guys. So thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate your time, which is the best asset that you have, and uh, super generous of you to be here with us, so thank you. Um, we're going to be talking today about one simple trick to play the major pentatonic scale, and this is a really cool trick. I had actually never seen this until maybe a few months ago when Steve showed me, and I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Because uh, I just never saw it for whatever reason. So this is super cool. I'm, I'm really excited for Steve to show this to you. Uh, also want to let you know of a couple of things, a couple of resources for you. The blues guitar workshop series that we've been doing for you guys, all of these live sessions are going to be saved together in a nice playlist for you called the blues guitar workshop. It'll be available for you at guitar zoom. Uh, sorry, on the YouTube guitar zoom channel. And, um, if you want to be notified of the next live session that we do for you on blues guitar, just subscribe and click the notification button so you can get an alert of when we're going to be going live. Um, also, if you enjoy the Blues Guitar Workshop series, then check out Steve's course. It's called Blues Guitar by Steve Stein, and it is an A to Z course that takes you from the very beginning of blues straight through some advanced stuff and everything in between including 12-bar blues and rhythms and scales and soloing and tone and like everything you can imagine you want to learn about blues guitar that's why he created the course it's called blues guitar by steve stein and it's available at guitar zoom .com. Somebody could type in guitarzoom.com there in the old chat box or comments. That would be super helpful. Steve, take it away, my friend.
1: All right. So we've talked a lot about the, the first thing we talked about in these uh, sessions is minor pentatonic. And the reason is, is because we talk about like if we wanted A minor pentatonic, we put our first finger on A. <laughs> we play pentatonic. And this is what I first learned. And and, uh, when I first started learning scales and all that sort of thing, many, many years ago, I learned minor pentatonic. And then I learned 12 bar blues, right? So I learned A7 and D7 and E7, which again, we talked about all that. But there was always a disconnect in my brain as to why I was playing something called minor over something called major. Mm. And, And I never understood why, right? And it wasn't until later that i I did understand why, but that's why I want to kind of get into this conversation with you a little bit is in the rock and roll blues world and I've always told people that if we always went by logical theory if everything that we learned was from the book rock and roll wouldn't exist blues wouldn't <laughs> exist because there's there's things about them that just don't really make sense and we can try and define them and all these sorts of things but the truth is is that they just it's more about sound than it is about logic. So the fact that we're playing a 12 bar blues, uh, uh, three major chords, but we're playing this minor chord or minor uh, scale underneath already doesn't really make any sense. But when you do it, it sounds like blues. It sounds like rock and roll. And that's good. That's, we want that. Okay. But (laughs) It's also important that we learn the logical side of things too. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our minor pentatonic that we've been talking about this entire time, and we're going to learn how to play major pentatonic, and then we're going to talk about why and how, okay? Cool. How this works. So what you do is, again, if you don't know anything about your theory and that sort of thing, you just have to trust me because I'm not lying to you, Okay. So we're gonna take this minor pentatonic, right? And again, I know it's minor because I'm putting my first finger on A and I'm playing this shape. Or I'm putting my first finger on D if I'm in the key of D, playing the same shape. Or I'm putting my first finger on G and playing the same shape. We just talked about that in the last session about being able to play in any key. But let's be in the key of A here. So if I wanted A major pentatonic, what I'm gonna do is take this entire pentatonic sequence that I've just learned how to play, okay? I'm going to move it toward the, the headstock, one, two, three frets. Now, that means my first finger is now on F sharp, which is fine. But if you look at my pinky, my pinky is now sitting on A. So the visual tool here is that if I wanted minor pentatonic, And again, this will expand as you learn more, but just bear with me in the beginning stages here. So if I wanted minor pentatonic, I'd put my first finger on A and I would play that pentatonic shape that I just learned, right? Or learned in in one of the past sessions. If I want major pentatonic, I'm going to move down until my pinky is on that note A, okay? Which subsequently puts my first finger on the note F sharp. Now it is important, I think, in the very beginning to count three frets back. Because oftentimes I've seen people do this where they'll just put their pinky on A and then they'll go... And like the the shape will be wrong because they, they weren't thinking about properly moving it down three frets, okay? So if I moved it down three frets, understand my first finger would be at the two, second fret, and my pinky would be at the five. Now I'm in proper position, okay? Now as I play this... If I went to the F-sharp, it's gonna sound like F-sharp minor because that's what I'm playing, right? So what I have to do is I have to revamp this a little bit by thinking about the fact that what I really wanna try and emphasize or target is the A with my pinky, not the F-sharp. The F-sharp's fine. It's not illegal to play the note F-sharp or anything like that. It is part of the scale, but I want the ear to hear this A as being the important note. So as I play up, there's the next A. And there's the next A. So now if you think about it, if I was to play an A chord, if I sold it in minor pentatonic, it would sound like this. Sorry. That sort of thing. The usual sound we get. Well, if I play that again, and play major pentatonic, it's more of a kind of a southern rockish or maybe a a little more country sound, maybe. So the shape is the same, but the functionality has to change a little bit because I have to start trying to target my movements toward the A, right? Not the F sharp. If I just move the entire thing down three frets and emphasize F sharp, it's going to sound like F sharp. It's going to sound like F sharp blues or F sharp rock or whatever. So what you really have to remember is when you want major pentatonic, you're going to move back three frets, but then you're going to change your emphasis. You still want to emphasize the note A because we're still in the key of A. Right? Now, it's a far bigger concept that we're not going to get into right now, but emphasis is so important in music. Because this scale, as you're learning right now, this scale could be F sharp minor if I emphasize the F sharps. But it also can be A major if I emphasize the A's. So F sharp minor and A major are the same thing. Now, if you play piano, you might've learned that before. They call them relative mm-hmm. major and minor, okay? That's the bigger picture. Again, if you don't understand that, don't worry about it. But if you do understand that, that's what's happening here is we're actually playing in F sharp minor, but I'm emphasizing the A's, therefore I'm in A major. A major and F sharp minor share the same notes. They share the same chords. The difference between F sharp minor is that F sharp minor would emphasize F sharp minor and the note F sharp, and A major would emphasize the A major chord, the note A. You see? Awesome. Yeah, so it's, and this works anywhere you want to go. So if you were in B minor, for instance, you'd put your first finger on B, and you get the B minor sound. If you want B major, you move back one, two, three frets, which technically puts you on G sharp. But your pinky now is on B. So again, you want to try and find those B's in there. Now, just so you know, too, the blues, remember the blues, we talked about the blues, those notes are still in the same spot. So nothing changes there. So the, even the blues works. So if you wanted B major blues, you take your B minor blues and you'd move back three frets. And now again, you want to emphasize B. In saying that, does that mean I uh, I can't play the note G sharp? No, you're playing the note G sharp. You're playing it right there, right? You're playing you're playing G sharps all over the place. The difference is is you're trying to target your movements, emphasize the B. That's how you do major pentatonic. Now, again, you can play major pentatonic in multiple positions across the fretboard. There's all kinds of different things that you can do. This is just a really great place to learn how to play both minor pentatonic and major pentatonic. Now, when I learned how to do this, and I don't know that I remember this completely correctly because it was many, many years ago and I'm getting old. (laughs) Um... But I remember somebody telling me, you know, what works really great is if you play minor over everything and, but when it goes to the four chord, you play major. And so I grew up religiously believing that in order to play proper blues, you had to play minor pentatonic over everything except for the major, the four chord, you had to play major. Hmm. When I think the person's point was you could play minor and major pentatonic at different points in your solo.
0: If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from: VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to GuitarZoom.com. Now back to the podcast.
1: So this is why I'm showing you how to play major pentatonic is... You know, again, if we go back to our original idea of A major, D major, E major, or A7, D7, D7, whatever, we're in the key of A. In my head, logic, because I'm, it, logically, it made sense in my head, if I'm playing A major, D major, E major, I should play A major pentatonic because I'm playing a major chord progression.
2: Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So
1: if you think about it from a rock slash blues perspective, well, in a logical perspective, major pentatonic is what you should play. No doubt about it. That's exactly what you should be playing. In the rock and roll world, you should play minor pentatonic over that major chord progression, even though it doesn't make any logical sense. So all of a sudden, you have two options to solo with. And I want to show you that real quick.
0: Yeah, show us. Because I'm yeah. I'm having a little hard time exactly getting-
1: Right. So let's say we did there. this. Um I want to see what I got for options here. One, two, three. Yeah, let's use this one. So this one's in the key of A, okay? So this little jam here is in the key of A and uh, just playing 12-bar blues. So what I'm going to do is over the A chord, I'm going to play A minor pentatonic. Even though it's an A an A major or A7, right? I'm going to play minor pentatonic over the top, which is going to give you the sound you've heard a million times. And then when the D chord comes up, when the four chord comes up, I'm going to move over to a major pentatonic and you're going to see me do that because I'm literally going to move down and play right here. And you can hear what that sounds like. Now I am going to come back and play again because please understand that we kind of stopped the story there, but it isn't true that you should only play the major over the four chord. That's not true. I was misled or I misunderstood. I can play major pentatonic anytime I choose. The difference is, is if I keep those two separated, I get some really cool minor sounds. And then I can follow that up with this major sound, this kind of Southern rock sound and they contrast each other and they sound quite nice. So I'm just gonna break them apart so you can hear it here. minor major you see now the truth is i could have played major the entire time But there's something really cool that happens when you move back and forth between the two. Said there's a million ways you could approach this, but that's so good, yeah. And and so, you know, you you what you wind up with are kind of these options that you think about. And again, this goes back to that very first conversation we had about tools preparation. So, here's something to remember if you're playing in a rock and roll, bluesy major chord progression, and I say it that way because it doesn't just have to be 12 bar blues. Almost every single song written by ACDC can do exactly what we're talking about right now, okay? Because 99% of the music that they write is, they're, they're using major chords. It's in a major key. But he's not always soloing major. He's oftentimes soloing minors. So here's the point. If you find yourself, let me even back up further to make this even more. If you're in a major key and the song reminds you at all of Hootie and the Blowfish, you're in major and you need to play major. Okay, if it's poppy, whatever, whatever, and it's major, you should probably play major. Okay, if it's in a major key, but it has a rock and roll thing to it, a bluesy thing. ZZ Top, ACDC, Ted Nugent, Aerosmith. I mean, you name it, whatever that fits into this, you know, Rival Sons of today, right? Modern music, Rival Sons would would be perfect for this. Uh, Blackstone Cherry, whatever it might be. This this fits perfectly, where you could solo major or minor, or better yet, major and minor. Mm. It it's into that. And then when the music becomes minor, whether it's blues, whether it's, you know, I mean, you might be playing, uh, right? It could be metallic, it could be, could be anything, right? But when it becomes minor, you're soloing minor, Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that those three things can never be changed and there's, there's you know hard and fast rules and you go to prison if you do anything different. That's not true, okay? But it's a great generalization. So if you're playing over Highway to Hell, you could solo minor pentatonic over the top. You could solo major pentatonic over the top and either one is going to sound really good. And chances are, Angus is going to solo both of them at some point. And I know this for a fact because when I was a kid, Angus was one of the first people that I really studied because I was such a big fan of ACDC when I was was in my teenage years, early teenage years. Um, But all those guys did. Joe Perry, all those players, again, Ted Nugent, it doesn't matter who it is, they would all do these sorts of things because that's the kind of music Tommy Shaw from Sticks, right? But if the song was pop, right? If you're soloing over Come Sail Away and it really is major, okay, then the rules change. You want to stay more predominantly major for the most part. So I've always thought of it, I've always tried to teach it as kind of three different kind of categories here. Way over there on the far, my left, okay, is major, major, as major, happy, major as you can be, which you would solo major over. Yep. This big world in the center here, this big mixed up, messed up world here is the world of rock and roll and blues, And here we can, even those songs in major, we can solo major and or minor. Yes. And then way over there is pure minor, right? It might be a really sad minor song. It might be Slayer, right? But it's minor. It's absolute minor. And so minor is the best choice. That doesn't mean that things don't bleed out sometimes into these other categories. That's the beauty of music is do whatever you can, do whatever you mm-hmm, want mm-hmm. as long as it is, it works, right? But this is a great little guide. So the, the nice thing about knowing how to play major pentatonic is if you find yourself in a situation where you're playing, you know, whatever, Brown Eyed Girl, right? By Van Morrison, which is about as major as you can get, Right unless you're going to superimpose the slash thing over the top and force minor over the top which sometimes might sound cool you won't know till you try but the general idea is if it's really major major's probably your best choice especially if you don't have time to try if you're find yourself on stage and you're jamming you don't want to go for the wrong thing right you want to find what works because maybe one shot's all you get right right So anyway, if that kind of makes sense, that's why I really want you to understand major pentatonic because major pentatonic really is important. But the reason why we tend to learn minor pentatonic first is because it tends to lend itself itself to the sound of blues, the sound of rock and roll.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's like a perfect explanation of when to use major, when you can combine major minor, and then when you're kind of strictly minor. It's really clear, really easy to understand, Steve yeah guys I want to just encourage you that um if you want to learn how to do this stuff on a uh on a deep level, obviously there's only so much we can cover in one of these live sessions. That's what the course is for. We're doing all of this so you can you can get as much as you want from this um obviously, if you want to uh go deep into the blue soloing and really get your head wrapped around all of this stuff to apply it that's why Steve created a course for you. It's called Blues Guitar and it's by Steve Stein and it's available at guitarzoom.com. This has been an awesome session like they all are Steve. I really personally enjoyed this one. I hope you guys did too. I hope you, that you'll in um you'll join us for another one. We we have some more planned for you on the Blues Guitar Workshop. If you missed any of the previous ones, just go to the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel, look on playlists and then there's Blues Guitar Workshop there. If you enjoyed the Blues Guitar Workshop, I think you'll like Steve's new course. It's called Blues Guitar. It's by Steve Stein, and it's available at GuitarZoom. And uh, thank you so much for being here, all of you. We certainly appreciate your time and your attention. It means the world to me Steve. And uh, we'll see you on the next session, Steve. Thanks again. Super awesome job, man.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And and I hope everybody learned a little something, and have a great day, and we'll talk soon.
0: Okay, buddy. Talk to you later, man. Yep, thank see you, buddy. Thank you. Bud.
1: Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, we're going to talk about swing and, and straight rhythm. And uh, again, it, it's it's a pretty straightforward concept. But if you if you if you're new to it, like when I would teach beginning guitar classes and things like that, and and you would try and teach, like one of the songs I would teach would be "A Horse with No Name" because it's a pretty straightforward song. And uh, a lot of times, I wouldn't even mention the rhythm of the song people would just play along right so i would teach them you know a real simple way of being able to play that song and then strumming Mm -hmm. along and oftentimes you find people they'd be strumming without even real realizing that they're playing a swing style rhythm Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and um so what but it's important to talk about the difference between the two and it's pretty straightforward but like I said I'm going to show you some tips on how to develop the the swing or the shuffle kind of rhythm to it hey Steve Stein here from guitarzoom.com and thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed this episode can I ask you a favor